Hello there. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you are, wherever you may be listening. And thank you so much for tuning in to The Road to the Rise of Skywalker. Thomas Manning here, back at it again with Austin Buzzard, also known as Buzz, as his mother calls him. That is me. Everybody in the world calls him, basically. And uh, last week we talked about the Star Wars prequels, you know, The Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith. And this week we're going to be talking about some of the anthology films that have come in recent years. Uh, Rogue One from 2016, directed by Gareth Edwards, and then Solo, A Star Wars Story from 2018, directed by Ron Howard. So, you know, once Disney uh, acquired Star Wars from Lucas, uh, from, yeah, bought Lucas from, from George Lucas, and decided <laughs> we're going to reignite the franchise and tell all these new stories, they decided, hey, why don't we fill in some of the gaps? with some of the stories so that's where we have rogue one and solo so i think we're going to start out talking about rogue one and you know buzz there's there's some of the arguments that we don't need a film like this it didn't add anything new to the story to the franchise and it was just a cash grab what do you have to say about that i mean like it it makes sense why they're saying it but when you look at it like what was the biggest like question in star wars is like how did they get the death star plans exactly what how did like how did princess leia get that in this totally um lets you see how it happens and the way they did it was just awesome oh yeah yeah i mean it's just a flat-out war film the whole time basically uh it's like a war heist film combined into one and there's some incredible action in it incredible visual effects and practical effects as well um the space battle the climatic space battle is awesome it's one of the best space battles in all star wars and uh then of course Darth Vader in all of his glory. Like that was <laughs> insane. It was just like what a sixty-second-long scene, and it made the entire film worth it. Oh if, yeah. If the entire film up to that point had been as bad as like Grown Ups Two or something like that, <laughs> then it still would have been okay because we got the Darth Vader scene and just all of his Sith rage unleashed. It was so spellbinding. It, it was awesome because yeah. in the like the original uh, trilogy, like. Everybody's like, oh my goodness, Darth Vader. But I mean, he really doesn't, you don't really get to see him just go off. Right, you know? right. Um, so that was just like, oh my gosh. Like, he's actually the baddest guy in the galaxy. Like, you you, you don't want to mess yeah. with Darth Vader. Yeah. I mean, in the originals, he was, his presence was more intimidating. Yeah. And not necessarily his actions, but the actions that he did commit usually force choking somebody <laughs> um you know cutting off a son's arm you know my yeah. dad did that to me too yeah, uh, every yeah, once yeah. in a while yeah, yeah. things go um, down the hill yeah but um you know in this we really um got to see just everything he was capable of and it was spectacular and um in having james earl jones back again yes i mean they brought him back he's a voice one of the most iconic voice actors of all time you just can't replace him now, and uh I, I absolutely mean, he was also mufasa like yeah exactly. i mean name somebody who can do the worst guy in the world and like one of the coolest exactly yeah you're not wrong about that um and i also loved what they did with darth vader's castle on mustafar you know this is the planet where you know his his best friend cut off both arms or no both legs and an arm <laughs> and left him to die in burning lava and then he's like well you know what i'm gonna build a giant castle on the same planet just you know as a send a message to the 
to the rest of the galaxy, even though I guess the rest of the galaxy doesn't know this castle exists. But still, he's sending a message to himself, I think. He's just he, like, I'm I'm the man. Like, yeah, he's like, Nobody's yeah, tougher than me I'm in this place. I'm a bad man. <laughs> exactly. Um, and um, I think just seeing a different side of Star Wars, a different side of the rebellion with some of the kind of moral gray areas with some of the characters, like uh, Diego Luna's character, uh, Cassian Andor, how we see him beginning of the film like kill a innocent guy basically yeah. i mean who because he was about to get him caught and he was like well i gotta get out of here guy yeah. gotta skedaddle <laughs> yeah yeah um so really intriguing they would explore some of those more complex themes in rogue one and you know they're making a cassian andor series on disney plus yeah uh, with diego luna coming back and also k2so Oh, he's so great. Uh, Alan Tudyk was the voice actor who, he's just so hilarious. He was awesome. Like he, That was probably my favorite character yeah. in yeah. Rogue One. Just because yeah. he was like, he was so funny, but also like, I, I don't know. Like, he's like, he was really sarcastic and sassy, you know? Yeah, but he also meant like he wanted the best for everybody, you know? Oh, yeah. So yeah. it was like super awesome to see some dude who's just like, a, just a jokester. But then also like at the same time, I'm doing this for the team, you know? Yeah, yeah, like his uh, sacrifice at the uh, very end. I almost mm. cried. Yeah, I know, like, it breaks your heart, man. I almost oh. cried. Yeah, I mean, he, he he had been reprogrammed and was fighting against the monsters that had created him, basically. Yeah. And uh, it's just, there's a lot of metaphors in there that I'm not going to try to break down <laughs> because I'm not a philosophy major. But, uh, yeah, I loved K2SO, of course, and the lead Felicity Jones's character, uh, Jen Urso, Stardust, you know? Yeah. I loved the relationship between her and her father. Her father was played by Mads Mikkelsen. We see him pop up all over the place. You know, yeah. he was in Doctor Strange. Yep. Um, he does a lot of, like, B-action movies and stuff. He's a great actor, but I love the relationship between her and her father. And as she had to kind of unravel the mystery and the clues that he had laid behind to where they could save the rebellion save the galaxy basically yeah yeah that was, i thought she was awesome yeah yeah and um let's see of course we got to talk about ben mendelson's character uh director krennic he was oh man i mean ben mendelson he's basically plays the same part in every single uh every single film he's in but he's so good at that one role and yeah. i mean you can't give him i mean i don't you got to give him credit for getting a paycheck like that uh, I, mean, <laughs> I mean he's not complaining yeah we're not complaining yeah, yeah. that's a big win we've seen him in uh the dark knight rises we've seen him in uh captain marvel and in captain marvel we actually saw some more depth to his uh character as well so he really showed off his acting chops there we saw him in robin hood from last year but i don't know if you saw that one or not i did not i liked it i was like one of the two people on planet earth that actually liked that <laughs> i movie. heard a lot of people yeah. definitely weren't a fan yeah, of that one. It, it was pretty fun but you know he was the uh sheriff of nottingham the robin hood's bad guy but um in this he's just the imperial officer who wants to uh destroy the galaxy and he's perfect in that one role and, absolutely yeah. he yeah. kills it yeah yeah um and uh you know looking to some of the musical backdrop for this film this was not composed by john williams this was actually the first star wars score to ever be composed by someone other than john williams it was michael giacchino uh who he pops up all over the place he's done uh 
handful of the Marvel films. He's done a lot of like animated Disney animated film scores and everything. And for this, um, you know what? If this was just any other regular sci-fi film, I think this score would have been quite memorable. But because it's a Star Wars film, and you've got every every single Star Wars score is just so iconic. Yeah, like every like yeah. as soon as that plays, yeah. everybody knows where that's from. Yeah. Even if they've never seen Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. Which, if you haven't, you should. Yeah. But <laughs> it's like everybody is like, oh, that's yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, but I mean, what he did with this, I mean, he did a good job composing what he had to work with, but uh, it's just so incredibly difficult to live up to the standards set by John Williams. And uh, unfortunately, this isn't exactly a score that sticks with me, you know? Yeah, I really, like, none of them, like, when it was a movie theater, uh, like, none of them, I was like, oh, like, that sounded sick. As I like Star Wars or Marvel movies, I'm just like, that, like, I'm going to go listen to that, and every time I listen to it, this scene is going to play in my head. I'm going to love every bit of it. Exactly. Nothing yeah. like that, really. Like, whoa, that was awesome. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And when you, like, when you're, um, when you hear that track, whatever track it is, and you think back to that experience that you had in the theater, that's just so incredibly powerful. Oh, yeah. And, uh. It's just, yeah, it's unfortunate that we didn't have that with this particular score. But, I mean, Giacchino still did a fantastic job. It's just not one that really sticks with you, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so, what what are, are there anything else that stands out to you from Rogue One? I thought, like, going into it, I thought it was going to be really interesting how they were going to, like, keep the characters. Like, like what are they going to do? Because they're, these characters aren't going to be in the like 1977 film. Right. Because right. that already happened. Um, so I was really interested to see how they, like, how they're going to keep them. And then <laughs> uh, they, they all died, which was awesome. They're though. all stardust now. Hey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have made that joke, but you know what? I did. Yeah, you, so, you definitely should have. So, um, one thing that really bothered me in this film was what they did with, uh, Grand Moff Tarkin. Um, so, you know, Peter Cushing, the actor who had originally played Tarkin, had passed away years ago. So they brought back a look-alike stand-in and also did some CGI alterations. And he just was kind of unsettling to look at. I don't know if you felt the same way. Like, the first time I saw it going into it, I didn't even know that they were going to do that with this character. But as I was watching it, I looked over at my dad and I was like, what are they doing? What is this? And... And, like, that was really one of my only gripes with the film. Did you notice that at like, all? I didn't really notice it. Um, but, like, I thought, I was like, man, he was old in, like, the original Star Wars movies. Like, I feel like he would probably have died. Right. Uh, right. And then, like, I looked it up and he did. I was like, that's really weird, the fact that he's he died, but he's still in the movie. Right. It's just, like, a, a it's weird, like, ground. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's a bummer he's not there, but you, oh, wait, you can bring him there. Yeah, but yeah. It's weird. It I don't was, know. yeah. It was a little weird. And um, they kept him in the shadows most of the time, but even still, it was just kind of uncomfortable to look yeah. at. Yeah. Um, Looks like a wax figure. Yeah. Like after yeah. Like, I watched it again, I was exactly. like, that? Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Uh, well, I think that about rounds out our discussion for Rogue One. They kind of filled in the gap that. You know, some people were like, well, we didn't care about that mystery. Well, I cared, and it gave us an awesome Star Wars movie, and very well directed, very well written, and uh, just a really fun time at the theaters. 
And moving on from that, we're talking about Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, this one had a lot of production troubles. Um, you had Lord and Miller that were originally attached to direct it. You know, the visionary minds behind the Lego movie and nice. stuff like that. Nice. And they also did, you know, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which mm-hmm. won an Oscar last year. Uh, so they were supposed to direct this film, but halfway through, they'd already shot in like, or shot like 80% of the film. And then, with due to some creative differences in the production team, they were let go. And uh, you know who steps up to the plate is Opie Taylor. Ron Howard comes in as the director. And uh, Arrested Development, Ron Howard. Was he? Yeah, did he direct Arrested <laughs> Development or produce he, it? Yeah. He, was, he was like in Arrested Development as a director. Like the whole like, scope of the show is like they're supposed to be making a show about okay. the family. Okay. And it was going to be directed by. Ron Howard. So gotcha. Ron Howard plays yeah. Ron Howard. Yeah, yeah. So he stepped into this one, and he was not playing himself, but you know, <laughs> he, he, he was not. He was, but uh, I think he did a pretty awesome job salvaging a project that uh, had kind of been left to die. Um, they had to reshoot like the rest of the, you know, like the eighty percent that had already been shot <laughs> yeah. because they made so many script changes, so many directorial changes. And uh, this one was just, it was like a swashbuckling Pirates of the Caribbean adventure in space, you know? Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was great. Like, uh, I guess swashbuckling is a really yeah. good descriptive yeah, word. Yeah, exactly. You might have used that last time. <sighs> Did I? I Maybe, don't know. I don't know. It's a fun word. It is. Yeah. It was a great word. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah I, I thought it was awesome. Because like Han Solo is one of my favorite characters. Yeah. Actually, take that back. He is my favorite yeah. character. Just yeah. like his old yeah. demeanor and attitude is like, this guy yeah. is the man. Um, but yeah, I thought it was awesome. I loved it. Yeah, and Alden Ehrenreich, the guy they cast as Solo, he was perfect. Oh, he was like, great. I mean, sure, I like, nobody's going to be able to reach the pinnacle that Harrison Ford did, but this kid did about as an amazing a job as you could have asked for, you know? Yeah, like yeah. I was a little, like, ah, when, when I saw like, he was playing, I was like, that looks nothing like Harrison Ford or young Harrison Ford. Right. Like, There's no way he's going to pull it off. Right. Like, it's not going to be that good. But then I went to it because it was Han Solo. Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. Like, some people were like, ah, whatever. No, dude, it was great. Like, Han Solo? Yeah. It's like the coolest guy in the galaxy. Yeah, because yeah, there, there's like that one scene where uh, the um, Paul Bettany's character, like the crime boss, the crime lord, is yeah. about to execute him and all his friends because they kind of messed up a, um, like, some sort of ro- train robbery, and they were supposed to get all this coaxium material that was worth a ton of credits, ton of money, and they kind of messed that one up. And Paul Bettany's like, all right, guys, this is it. And then we have Han just maneuver and yes. get to come up with some intri- Sweet talking. intricate, elaborate plan. And, yeah, he he's like, that's where he becomes the sly, suave kind of character that we know Han to be from the original trilogy, the, the space cowboy. You know? Yeah, and, yes. And Great description. That was absolutely spectacular that scene was so well written and uh just seeing his interactions with uh woody harrelson and uh amelia clark and as they were all like what is this guy doing and yeah. he's like oh he's saving your lives yeah <laughs> he, this guy's yeah. an idiot uh, yeah it worked yeah <laughs> this exactly. guy's an idiot yeah uh, it worked again <laughs> yeah um so you know are there any particular like scenes or sequences that stand out for you throughout the movie um Definitely the when they were getting the uh, raw yeah. coaxium. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
when they were just like duking it out and then like let loose the Wookiees, let the yes, let the Wookiees yes, loose. Yeah, that was awesome. The spice mines of Kessel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they were, I mean, just blasters everywhere. Yeah. Um, and then of course the Darth Maul scene was just yes, like, yeah, no <laughs> way. Yeah, no way. I mean, a lot of people in the theater were like. What the heck is going on? It's like, well, they never watched the Clone Wars yeah. television series. Which you got to, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah. So good. If you don't watch that, then, hey, you're really missing out. you got to watch that. But you'll understand why Darth Maul was in Solo, even though supposedly he was cut in half and dropped down a endless, bottomless <laughs> core or something. But he stuck the landing. Yeah, apparently, <laughs> apparently he did. And Buzz just dropped his cell phone or no, his, no, uh, The GoPro. GoPro. We've we got to document yeah. some to, some point in time for the vlog. Ah, okay, yeah. yeah. Well, But you know what? That's fine because we're podcasters. This isn't a national radio broadcast or anything. <laughs> it's kind of fun to be laid back like this. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. We're not laying back though. We are sitting up. Straight. We are. We're yeah, yeah, sitting up. Very proper, straight, of course. Yeah. But getting back to the discussion at hand, the uh, Star Wars solo discussion, and uh, you know what? Um, I probably a scene that stood out to me. This basically the entire final hour was just a thrill ride. Oh yeah. It's like one of the most fun hours in the Star Wars saga. Um, yeah, when they, the Spice Mines on Kessel, that battle, and they escape, and you have, like, Lando and Han back-to-back just shooting yeah. the bad guys. It was great. And then from there, the Millennium Falcon, they, they're trying to escape the planet. Hey, they escape the Spice Mines. They're like, okay, we're clear. No, they <laughs> enter some like massive storm, the mall, and yeah, there's a star destroyer. They're like, we got to get away from these star destroyers, from these tie fighters. And they're like, all right, let's go into this. Oh no, that's a gravity well. That's a black hole, and there's a giant monster. It's like a huge <laughs> octopus looking there. <laughs> exactly, and that that was just so just riveting, like spellbinding, captivating, whatever adjective you want to use there, <laughs> and uh, just a ton of fun. John Powell's score. This is where. Um, I think this is what separates Solo from Rogue One is the score. From um, He's able to take a lot of influence from John Williams' original themes, but also insert variations on yeah. those themes. Um, there's the track called Reminiscence Therapy, I believe, when they're making the Kessel Run. And it's like the uh, – I can't remember where the original – part of this but it was like yeah i know exactly yeah, what you're yeah, talking yeah. about yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i think that was probably from a new hope um somewhere yeah but he kind of inserts that into this track in solo a star wars story and it's when they're jumping into hyperspace they're like almost jumping through like space and time in a certain way because like they have that like split second in the black hole to yeah where, like, they have to line up perfectly and yeah. then Punch it. Yeah. Yeah. They use the coaxium to go through this narrow portal that it's like you made the Kessel run in 12 parsecs. That's impossible. Well, because it shouldn't be because there's like, it's got to be at least like 15 parsecs based on the distance, but some, I don't know how space science works. And I think it was less than 12. Was it less than 12? I think so. It was like 11, so. 11, 11.8. I don't uh, think they ever clarify, but okay. he, Han's just like, so that's less than 12 parsecs. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 So that scene was just a thrill, a thrill ride, I guess you could say. Oh, <laughs> and um, and you know, look, some of the other characters. Yeah, Woody Harrelson's character was just great. Oh, he was great. It was awesome. Um, it was uh, just he was another kind of space cowboy, more of an older space mobster type guy. That definitely wasn't a sly, but kind of he had a little bit of it in him. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like you kind of see like 
Han kind of took a little bit from him. Yeah. Um, and the pistol spin. Oh, yes, yes, that one. That's that's a great one. Um, his whole crew was just a ton of fun. I was kind of disappointed that they killed off, um, like, his girlfriend and mm-hmm. then the alien. Uh, yeah. The, who was actually voiced by John Favreau. I don't really? know if you knew that or not. No. Yeah. But uh, they were killed on the train heist earlier in the movie. That's probably my only gripe with the film is that these characters that were so captivating, so intriguing, were killed off so early. But, you know, I didn't write the story. That's uh, the, the screenwriters. They, that's their decision. But I wish we'd gotten to see some more of those characters. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a little alien dude. Because, yeah, like, yeah. I'm all about Star Wars creatures. Yeah. Like, the, the, he yeah. looked so awesome. He was just he um, was funny. Yeah. But it says, like, when he died, like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, and then, of course, Kira, who was Amelia Clark's character, Han's kind of girlfriend, seeing her progression her arc and uh the way she had kind of risen her way through the ranks of the crime syndicates and uh she started out as you know basically she was referred to as street trash along with han but (laughs) then she kind of worked her way up and uh now she's like the most feared girl in the galaxy yeah i guess woman would probably be a better term yeah not a girl yeah 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 (laughs) she's Uh, an adult yeah she was the one that uh she was she finally killed paul bettany's character didn't she Mm-hmm. Uh, Dryden Foss, yeah, yeah. So she finally killed him, and uh, then because that's when she called Darth Maul. And was yeah, like, they yeah, killed him. Yeah, like they came in, this happened, and they did it. Yeah, and Darth Maul's like, "Come to me on Dathomir." Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't do a Darth Maul voice. I'm sorry. Yeah, but um, yeah. So I really liked what they did with her character and Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian. He was good. I don't think you could have cast anybody else in that role nah. besides him. Like, he killed it. Yeah, it's like for both. Han Solo and Lando, it's like these are two of the most iconic roles in cinematic history. How are you going to recast them? But, well, you get Alden Ehrenreich and Donald Glover. They were just spectacular. They were good. Yeah. They were really yeah. good. Yeah. And just he perfectly captured the just really charming nature of Lando. And I loved all of his coats in his closet. <laughs> <laughs> and, we're, um, and, you know, him leaning back and playing Sabacc. Yeah, he's just, you know, he's the trickster. He's he's uh, he's a cheater as well. Yeah, yeah. And Definitely not like yeah, a very good guy. Yeah, yeah, but it's like you're just really entranced by him. Just he's because of his charisma, his aura. So his yeah. suave, his suave. Yes, of course, yes, of course. Yes. He used it earlier. Yeah. Um, so you know, overall, Solo, it's probably one of the most uh, rewatchable Star Wars films. I would say. Um, I really like it. Yeah. Uh, because there's like so like so many nods to things that happen yeah, in the uh, yeah. original trilogy. Yeah. Like you see the dice. Yes. Uh, which yeah. is like a real like controversial like yeah. oh. Um and then like the the handshake. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is how everything goes down, it's like, oh, that's how this happened, that's how yeah. this happened. So yeah. I like love going back and seeing those things. Yeah. Yeah. And um seeing uh that we could have a Star Wars film where the fate of the galaxy wasn't like in, at stake, you know. Yeah. Where you could just have just a fun swashbuckling adventure. There's Good that word, word once again, and that's, that's two that's points for you, is. Thomas. It's like Star Trek meets uh, Pirates of the Caribbean meets Indiana Jones, you know. And we haven't seen something like that in Star Wars. And maybe a little Top Gun. Just Top Gun. Fly, yeah, yeah. You know? Add a yeah, little bit of that in there. Gun. So yeah, and. Um, just a really fun time. Unfortunately, it didn't do as well at the box office as they were hoping. 
Uh, it cost a lot more to make than it should have because of the tons and tons of reshoots they had to do. Yeah. And it only made like four hundred million at the box office. So it it was actually the only Star Wars film to ever lose money at the box office. Whoa. But um, I think based on like home video, uh, you know, Blu-ray, digital, it's probably made its money back. And now there's the whole campaign make Solo two happen. You know. Would love to see that. Perhaps we'll be getting something on Disney Plus in the coming years. I don't know. I just hope they bring back all these characters and tell some more stories with them. I would I would love it. Yeah. Because Han Solo is my favorite. Yeah. So the more Han Solo stuff we get, the better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's about to bring our conclu- bring our discussion about Solo, a Star Wars story, to a conclusion and uh, I think we'll be back next week to talk about the original trilogy, uh, the most perfect trilogy that there ever was created ever since, uh, you know, ever since 1900 when the first <laughs> film was ever created. You know, <laughs> this is the pinnacle of trilogies. And uh, you know what? I appreciate you guys tuning in to The Road to the Rise of Skywalker. Keep your eyes out next week for our next podcast. And in the next couple of weeks, as we... Lead into the rise of Skywalker in December. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Fun. Fun fact. I'm not watching any of the trailers. Um, I've seen the, the the first teaser that they did when Ray was running away and yeah, did like that yeah. awesome, sick jump, twirl, samurai flip, flip thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So that's all I know. Oh, okay. I, I do know a Palpatine. couple other things. Yeah. Um. But other than that, yeah. Like I'm I'm so excited to go in this thing blind. Like yeah, it's gonna be great. Yeah, I don't have nearly the amount of restraint that Buzz has. I have been eating up every trailer, every bit of promotional material out there. <laughs> I've stayed away from leaks. I don't believe in leaks and spoiling plot details. But I am just devouring every bit of official news I can find. And uh, I was so stoked about this. One of my most anticipated movies ever. And I uh, hope you guys are feeling the same way about Star Wars. Hey, if you're not a Star Wars fan, then... uh. Well, thanks for tuning in anyway. Yeah. yeah you know, get, <laughs> follow WGWG on SoundCloud. Uh, like us on Twitter and Facebook. And uh, I don't think there's any other social media platforms where we're located. But, yeah, just keep following along with us. WGWG.org. Thank you for tuning in to The Road to the Rise of Skywalker. Hello there.